Welcome to Let's Talk Kashrus. We are joined today by Rabbi Avram Weinrib, Rav of Congregation Zichron Eliezer of Cincinnati, Ohio, and Rabbinic Administrator of Cincinnati Kosher. Thank you, Rabbi Weinrib, for joining us. What a pleasure. May a kosher consumer eat in a vegan restaurant? Sounds like a very simple question. I would think so, You would think so. What could be wrong? No dairy. No dairy, no meat. No meat. What would be an issue? Right, what would be an issue? And I think this is a very, very common thought people have. Especially as I hear vegan restaurants are the new fad, opening up all over, very popular, especially as people are health conscious. They want to get rid of the meat. They want to get rid of the dairy. Even among kosher consumers, it seems to be very in vogue. It's it's in vogue everywhere. And the truth is, out of town especially, when you have less certified restaurants, there's a great option, Mm -hmm. vegan and places with have a lot of good options, but you don't have many kosher necessarily vegan options. And even if you do, what could be the issue with them? Why would there be a problem? So I think we have to really start back into the potential issues that we have, and there are many. There are many. I think the probably the most simplest one is probably the vegetables, which everyone's familiar that vegetables can have an issue, have to be checked, et cetera. Insect infestation. Insect infestation. Okay. But I don't think people realize, number one, how many different insects there can be, how many different vegetables can have problems with insects, and things which we often just think are probably okay are very likely not okay. And truth is that vegan restaurants, the bulk of what they serve is vegetables. Mm-hmm. So they're trying to figure out how to make everything from vegetables, and many, many of them have in- insect infestation, and maybe they're washed, mm-hmm. probably not even that. So I was going to so ask, that, I mean, yeah. just so that we don't take anything for granted, aren't there laws with regard to infestation that you have to serve a certain level of cleanliness? Uh, you know, for sure, for yeah, sure there, there are laws. Right. The laws and halacha are about a million miles apart. Okay. Right. Words, you can have. Want to clarify, right. Yeah. You can have. According Someone to that, out there might be one. Hundred percent. Like, why would a store? A store doesn't want to ruin their reputation. I can't imagine that a store would serve me vegetables that are infested. Right. You're not okay. going to see necessarily things crawling all over your plate. Right. Probably not. But as far as the thrips are very, very, very small. Right. Very small, especially baby thrips. They're tiny, and you can have. I don't know the numbers exactly. According to FDA, thrips in there. That's fine. You know, if you have a certain amount of number, it's fine. One thrip is six lavin deraisa, right? One. And there can be multiple thrips in any single one. There's aphids, there's thrips, there's flies, and they're, they're all over. Mm-hmm. And there are so many vegetables that have them, and people just simply don't realize. Don't realize the issue. You know, I, I have a, we had an incident with a, with a vegan restaurant. Someone asked me to do a review on this restaurant. It was under a hashkacha, which remained nameless. And it was, they weren't sure if the hashkacha was okay. And they said, just do a review on this restaurant and see if we can eat there. So I said, okay, I'm happy to do a review there. I went down there, and I, it was horrific. It was horrific. And bug issues were, were not dealt with at all. I asked the person, like, how do you, you know, what do you do? He's like, no, we make sure they wash them. I was like, washing will take off maybe some flies. Mm-hmm. Flies happen to be things that come off pretty easily with washing. Mm-hmm. If you wash it well, you can get Thrips don't come off with washing. They, you need, they adhere very they adhere, strongly. You need soap. You need, and then you need to check and make sure that it's not so infested that sometimes you can't even get them all off. And I asked the, the Rav Machsher, I was like, how do you deal with infestation? And, and, and he didn't really, he said, we wash them. Make sure everything's washed. And this is a person who is, quote, unquote, in Hashkacha. And unfortunately, there are many Hashkachas that are doing things with really not understanding what the issues are not staying up to date on what they have to be doing, particularly infestation, something which is always evolving. 
always new issues, always things, and I have to keep on top of it. And people say, yeah, but in the olden days, everyone probably ate it, and it was fine. So the truth is, some things they didn't know. Some things were different. More pesticides were used way back when, which aren't being used so much today because of health and health conscious. So there are new things that are always, and there are certain seasons that are worse than others. You have to know which seasons are better, which seasons are worse, which vegetables in different seasons could be a problem. Which, right. And if once you open up the world, you see like, wow, there's a real, there's a real issue here. So like That's anything the, else, really, a vegan restaurant needs a reputable ashkocha like any other restaurant. 100%. 100%. But there are other issues besides insect sure. infestation. Let's say you go into the vegan restaurant, you're not ordering vegetables. Right. Keep, stay away from the salads. Stay away from the no salads. salads. I right. want to order some right. other item that right. seems innocuous. Right. Right. What, what, what other problems will I encounter? Right. So you talk about you know, skip the salad. <laughs> I just had last week a kamas matzeva I did for a family. They weren't really from, weren't from at all, unfortunately. And right afterwards, they say, going out for dinner, Rabbi, you can come with us. Don't worry about it. Just have a salad. And I'm thinking like, salad, thank you very much. Salad's the one thing I'm never going to touch. But it, in people's minds, not just, unfortunately, non-from people, but even from people, like a salad's always the most innocuous thing. What's wrong with a salad? Right. Right, so Baruch Hashem, there's more awareness about insects, but it's something which I think needs more and more zahirist people to really aware what the issues are. So we're talking about other concerns in vegan restaurants. There's other concerns. Besides for vegetables. Right, what, vegetables. What would that so, be? So someone's skipping the salad. No salad. So probably the biggest... Second biggest issue, which may be even a bigger issue actually, is bishalakam. Everything is prepared and cooked by the restaurant. There's a non-Jew cooking it. Those things are all potential issues of bishalakam. Talach is any food, which is Ola Shulchan Malachim, which can be served to a king's table, as a problem of bishalakam. Now, truth is, some things can be in raw, and that's where halacha may differentiate. Nechalchai. But many things that they're serving, you can't eat those vegetables raw, and they're making dishes. Many of the dishes are cooked, can't be eaten raw. Even though the ingredients are 100% kosher. 100% kosher. Right. It's 100% asr to eat that. It's, we call it treif. Right. Now, again, treif is a, is a very generic word, but that's technically treif. And a person can't eat that. And who's thinking about the fact that someone else turned on the fire and a guy cooked it, and it never dawned upon them the fact there may be an issue of Bishalakam. And that's something which I think also very, un, very not on people's minds, not, not on the radar. It's interesting you bring it up because people, about not being on the radar, people don't realize in their own home they could have Bishalakam, right, if they have domestic help 100%. with their kosher items, but the person is cooking it in their house. There are potential yeah. problems of Bishalakam. I want to tell you a very right? unfortunate story. Yeah. I had a fellow called me up and said, he has a shyly just never really knew about Bishalakam. For 10 years, his cleaning person was making the soup for Shabbos. 10 years. And he said, he said, does that mean I was eating non-kosher? I, I, I don't have the heart to like tell him. Like, so I said, let's talk about the utensils. And we had to go through every utensil in his kitchen, the bowls and the spoons and the pots. And we figured th- certain things would make it on 10 years. And th- uh, from family who does every, but, they were helped out by the person for Shabbos. And 10 years, they made the soup. And there's something which people don't even realize. You know, someone has help with their kids. Can you make an egg for my kid? That egg is treif. Right. And not only that, the kalim have an issue. Right? There's two days in Shulchan Aruch about the kalim, but according to day, one day in Shulchan Aruch, the kalim itself to be kashered. Someone can make a disaster to their kitchen from cleaning person being in there cleaning, just helping out, innocuously helping out. And bishlakim, something which is so, wow. so common. It's on the radar. It's got to be on the radar yeah. screen. Uh, going back to a vegan restaurant, 
there could be potentially greater problems if the restaurant, let's say, is Jewish-owned than if it's non-Jewish-owned. We're talking about, obviously, if there's no Ashkacha. Right. But if it's Jewish-owned, there are other issues as well, right? Sure. I mean, Jewish-owned, you have issues with Tfilas Kalim. Right. All the Kalim have to be toveled. You have Afrashos Chala issues. There are many things in there which need Afrashos Chala. You have Chametz being owned in Pesach issues, which is another issue. And you know, some of them, I think, oh, my local Israeli is like, you know, he's a nice guy and he takes right. care of but he is not aware of all these things, and they've all a whole other level of issues, particularly when it's owned by a Jew. Is, it, is there anything that someone could buy in a vegan restaurant? I mean, uh, just so that we don't leave people totally hopeless here. So it's a great question. It's a great question. And you know, it leads, leads to a bigger question of Maris Ayan in general. About going, to, you about said going, going into a restaurant, restaurant that doesn't have Ashkoch. Well, Ashkoch. Now, okay. in some ways, the worst restaurants are the ones that seem the best. Why? You know, people think they see restaurants kosher style. Mm. So kosher style, you know, that's the worst rest, the worst Maris Ayans in a kosher style restaurant. Why? Because someone sees kosher style. I see a rabbi or someone who looks Jewish, someone who looks religious, he has a yarmulke on, walking into kosher style, probably that's okay. And a vegan restaurant, so much more so. Because someone from walks into a vegan restaurant and people see them, that's probably okay. What, what could be the issue? They're thinking what the person thought, right. right? So they may know. I'm very aware of all the different issues in there. But the Marisayan is probably the most serious in the vegan restaurant more than anything else. More anything else. Very educational. Um, any final thoughts on this topic? A takeaway for our viewers, something that they could apply you know, on, a, on, a, on a real level. Yeah, so I mean, two things I would say. Number one, you asked about what things can you buy in a, in a vegan restaurant. So the truth is, I think, in the Marisayan issue is very serious. But back to the salad or cut-up fruit issues. So, People sometimes get invited to a restaurant, non-kosher restaurant, and let's assume there's no marasine issue. I think that in a classic restaurant where it's very clear, I'm not eating for everyone else, I have a plastic plate, and I just get a cut-up fruit that may seem like it's okay. It's cut-up fruit, not even vegetables. Right. Cut-up fruit in a restaurant also has an issue. You have the issue with the knife and the shamnunis on the knife, so you have to think about that as well. Cut-up fruit in a commercial setting, buying it in a restaurant, I'm sorry, buying it in a supermarket, is much less problematic. Let's say buying cut up watermelon. Exactly. It's been done in bulk and it's been done in a much in, in mass. And the Shulchan Aruch already says that fruits that are cut in mass have its bottle, anything which may have been on the knife. So that's a much, much, um, much less of an issue. And that's something which a person certainly can buy in a supermarket cut up fruit. Obviously, vegetables get back to the back to infestation, but there are vegetables mm-hmm. that don't have those issues. Mm-hmm. And those, again, can be bought in a, in a setting like that. One other thing I would mention is that you're talking about things without hashkacha. And right. It obviously has to be on our radar screen, Hashkacha. I want to tell you a story that happened to me personally, which was really a, an eye-opener for me. I'm involved in Kashrus. I have a shul. I deal with childs all the time. And one of the things that we've been hearing about is like party planners, about make sure they have Hashkacha and they're under Hashkacha. And I always thought and associated party planners with people who are doing you know, large-scale events, very expensive type of events. That's who use party planners. A few months ago, Baruch Hashem, our daughter got engaged, and we live in Cincinnati, and the vert was in Lakewood, and we needed some help with, with, the, with the vert. So one of my siblings mentioned, you know, there's a woman who can help out, and she can order some things for you. The last thing associated with this woman was a party planner. Mm-hmm. But essentially, that's what she was. She was a party planner. And without even thinking, we called her, and we said we need some things for the vert, and she took care of it. And afterwards, only after the vert did I think, there were salads there. Do I know where those salads came from? I don't. I really hope they were okay. But to me, it was an incredible awareness that someone who's involved in cashiers like myself, wow. without even realizing, got involved in a, in a very serious thing. And there was things that were made there, probably in people's homes, potentially, uh, not under Ashkacha. 
And the, the awareness, unfortunately, is, is not, not there enough. And I'm talking to myself. We need to keep on spreading the message, spreading the word, making sure it's under proper ashkacha, making sure it's being done properly. Hopefully through that we can have only the most Kaddish things going in time. Amit Hashem. We thank, we thank you for your time. Okay. Thank you for your insight and uh, your contribution to the field of kashas. Okay. Thank, thank you, you so much. much. Okay.